Beats, Brews, and Points of View is a product of Dream Over Reality Media and sponsored by Arctic Circle Brewing Company. Last year y'all was acting mad funny. This year you want all the cash money. I gotta go get the bag, homie. Talking, but they keeping tabs on me. I said, B.I.G. I'm a big, big deal. Uh, crawling on the floor, she a Navy SEAL. I can't do the bubbly, I'ma sip the steel. Got a free facial, cause we us, we gettin' Jordan pills. Fuck her, love her, never cover. I'm a cold motherfucker from the town. Dick her down, give it to her like no other. Bust a window, bust it in up. Eat that pussy up for dinner. Beat it up, then eat it up. She cast plans for me to we fuck. We finna make babies tonight. Google Gaga. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Beats, Brews, and Points of View podcast. I'm your host, Neil Richter. Sitting with me to my right is my partner in podcasting, Eman Bates. The PIP, that is me, and I look around my settings, and we are at the crib for episode 118. Yeah! Normally, I'm picking out the intro songs, so I tell you what it is, but I'll let Eman introduce the Amine track that yeah, we just played. Yeah, man, off of uh, the album. Actually, got, I, I'm not going to be honest with you, I totally missed it last year but the uh the 2.5 project from amine uh that was a song called mad funny freestyle that somehow i slept on this whole time i definitely listened to the album but i didn't spend any time with it dude like i, I probably like only listened to it I, once I, for some reason i think he was in town like a couple weeks ago and it made yeah, me want to go say, back to it the fox or on the he, yeah, cause I remember Marquee. I listened to yeah, cause I remember I loved Limbo and stuff like that, and like his other projects he did. Mm-hmm. I just m- somehow missed this one, and then I went back and listened to him. Like, oh yeah, this shit was hard. What's that track he has? I think it may have been like two albums ago with Missy Elliott, that was kind of popping. Uh, the video is hilarious too. It's like uh, the one point oh one point five. Uh, I think it's on that project. Missy Elliott, or maybe it's the one, but maybe it's the first album. I is it? Remember. Is it the one where he on the toilet? Uh, that album, good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on that one. Yep. There's a song with Missy Elliott. No. Um, Charlie Wilson. Maybe it was a. Re- was it on Limbo? Cause Hold on, let me look. Was this it on up. Limbo? I think gonna drive me crazy. Cause there's a whole video for it. I it think. is injured. Nope. Nope. Amine. Not on that album. Amine Missy Elliott. I'm googling it right now. Missy. I love how he intro this album too. He goes, "Whatever the fuck." Red Mercedes, nice. Red Mercedes. I love Amine because he has always have like a positive energy too to him. Like he started this album off. He goes, "I don't care whatever y'all doing right now. Go out and have fun. Shake some ass." (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love Amine. Shout out to him, man. Yeah, I do too. But anyways, um, we are joining you live from our house here in Detroit. Um, We've been bouncing around quite a bit lately. Um, It's just been kind of nice. It's nice to record here. You know, you get the couch setting. The Kind of chill and uh, be comfortable while we record. It's a cozy up part two. Yep, cozy up part two. <laughs> and uh, norm- normally we're recording um, at nighttime, so we do you know beer in here. But this week we decided since we're recording at like one in the afternoon that we'd stick to brews, but brew of the little, coffee variety. A little bit of uh, the non-alcoholic variety, kind of <laughs> yeah. like that uh, that Sunday morning vibe here. So we got uh, we switched up and went some some grounds for you guys drinking some Joe. 
pause. So, shout out, actually, quick shout out, man. One of my favorite coffee spots, and I don't want to blow, I'm not trying to blow up the spot, but at the same time, I do want to give them their flowers. Cafe 1923 in the Hamtramck is a shit, man. I really love them. And they put me on to, uh, one of the baristas there put me on to this coffee, uh, this Michigan cherry, uh, this Michigan cherry blend, man, is really solid. I normally drink coffee straight black, personally. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really like cream. I'm not a cream or sugar guy. Uh, however, when I smell it, that uh, that cherry aroma, and I really don't like cherry flavor shit like that, but that aroma, man, just like sucked me in. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is probably going to be so good. Tried a little bit, and it woke my ass right up, bro. Yeah. I really enjoy this. Uh the Cherry Delight is the perfect blend of delicious flavor and light to medium roast with 100% Ar- Arabic coffee. Arabic coffee? Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> how do you drink this Michigan cherry flavor coffee? It's great, but not awesome. Makes a stellar iced coffee dessert in the middle Ooh, of a hot well, summer. Think about oh, my God. That's a pro tip right there. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, I think I might have to put some ice in my next one and try it out like that. Yeah, man, I um, I'm really feeling this, and I don't really like sweet stuff like that. As far as like my uh, my beverages go, this is pretty solid. Yeah, I really uh enjoy. I'm a coffee snob myself, and it is very enjoyable. Um, it's weird. I didn't even know that you could like infuse coffee with cherries. You can infuse anything so, in 2022. <laughs> yeah, you can infuse anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would like that's what we were kind of talking before the podcast started. It's kind of interesting to see the process on how they do that. Dude, they got cannabis infused toothpicks out. You can do anything these days. They certainly do, and they pack a punch too. Those I got, I got, I got some, I got some <laughs> on me. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> yeah, those things are really strong. Um, yeah. But anyways, as we do on this program, especially now because we forgot last week because we got wrapped up in our interview with um, Imagine. Shout out, Ma- actually, Imagine. no, last week was. Uh, Jeffy, Shout out to Jeffrey Thiel, Jeffrey bro, Thiel the boy. Yeah, but we got wrapped up in that. And I know, I did see Imagine last night, so shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was down here in Detroit, right? He lives and, in Detroit. And, uh, yeah, he right by us in Hamtramck, <laughs> yeah. right? And then Devin was down here too. Shout, yeah, out, shout uh, out to Devin, Arctic, Arctic our, Circle Brewing. Our sponsor, our, uh, our friends. Which, we thought that he lived out in Chesterfield by the brewery, and it turns out he lives down here, which is like, I'm curious why he didn't uh, attempt to, I wonder if there's any like like zoning stipulations or something, if they're like, because I wonder why he chose, I, I, maybe we'll have to ask him. It might, I mean, on. it could be a tax thing, too. Oh, it could I be mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not getting into a business or anything. I just know, like, I just know like taxes in Detroit are fucking expensive. So, oh, yeah. that's a good point. That's <laughs> a good point, too. Or maybe that's by where Eric lives, maybe. We'll have to ask him next time we see him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so as we do, we forgot last week the birthdays, and so I wanted to make sure that we touched on them this week. Um, we had quite a few uh, legendary birthdays. So let me read those off. Um, normally, I do the, EIP, the RIPs first, but we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about some of that. So um, yeah. in the birthdays over the last couple of weeks, we had one of the most legendary producers of all time, if not the most, Quincy Jones. Um, Mark Hoppus from um, Blink-182, which we're happy that he's you know doing well with the old cancer yeah, thing man. and everything, that being in remission. Um, Jack Harlow, who is man, that guy is just fucking everywhere right now. His career Jack Harlow so fast. <laughs> is yeah, that dude. The we, they pushed us down. They pushed Jack Harlow on Jack Harlow on us quick. Yep, I really like him too, though. That's the thing. I'm, I like I'm, him too. I I'm, I have no problem with it because I actually really fuck with Jack Harlow. Yeah, no, I do too. Um, 
he definitely is getting that success out of a rep. Well, you know, he's been around a minute. That's true. But like, I mean, he it it's he's not like an overnight thing. No, like that's the thing. Like, so when I say they push it on a quick, I don't mean like he's an overnight thing. It's just like it happened once he popped. Once he, he popped. popped, yeah. <laughs> so once he was every once that once that was popping came yeah. out. Yeah, that's that right. Shit it was, was he was fucking out of here. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> he was. was. Um, but anyways, and another musical icon, Sly Stone. Um, you know legendary Detroiter um, who's out in California now. Well, actually, he's not from Detroit, but he spent a lot of time here and lived here for a long time. But uh, I think he lives out in California now. And speaking of Detroit, uh, rapper Danny Brown. Chat! Um, another uh, legendary underground rapper, Stop. Murs. Uh, Vel the Wonder out from the West Coast. Bun B. Uh, Sean Price, rest in peace. Ebro from Ebro in the Morning. He's not a musician, but Ebro. he's one of the uh, inspirations of why I do podcasting. I'm a big, big fan of him and uh, radio. Queen Latifah, uh, Leaky Lee, Janae Aiko, Ooh. Smino, Big Sean, Manny Fresh, Cash Doll, another Detroiter. Wow, a lot of Detroiters born in this uh, podcast a month. Um, and then finally, but certainly not the last of here, is Elton John. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know... Janaeco and Big Sean had birthdays around each other. Yeah, it's like a couple weeks apart, or like I think maybe just like a week apart. <laughs> that's actually that's, that's fitting, awesome, right? Actually, yeah, <laughs> appropriate. Um, but then, uh, unfortunately, we also have to say goodbye to some people, and uh, we lost a couple of legends. Um, we forgot last week to talk about it too, and I know Eman's big wrestling fan, and this was the era We're, that I was a big wrestling fan uh, um, too. Um, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, Razor Ramon, Doug, NWO era. Yeah, uh, dude. Um, mean, what he did was kind of enormous too in that NWO area because remember he kind of took him and Kevin Nash left WWE and took went to WCW with the NWO shit yeah. and brought like a whole because no one fucked with WCW back then. It was all no, about it WWF. Was like, it was them and Goldberg. Mm -hmm. That was about it. Yep, in there. yep. And so like they they switched, T, I think maybe, but. and decided to go over to um, WCW and kind of like change the landscape for WCW because WCW got really popping after that. Like the NWO shit. That was like that was when I was in middle school. That was the most popping era. <laughs> like people were obsessed NWO, with that shit. It was like them and like in WWE. They had the Wolf Pack. <laughs> WWE had like Degeneration X at that time. Yeah, which yeah. Was like, I guess that equivalent. Yeah, I guess but that was like the. Uh, that was the craziest crossover ever. By the way, when those two, when they were like kind of like beefing for a minute. Oh yeah. But uh, uh, I think that era. Kevin, I'm pretty sure Kevin Nash is a Michigan dude. Kevin, because yeah, he, you I know think what? He used to that sounds right. To I, I want to say he used to live in Canton. Was it? Was it? I'm gonna look that up in a second. Wasn't Scott Hall the one that uh, Diamond Dallas Page helped get clean? Diamond Dallas Page helped him get him clean, right? Because he had like a big. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I think there was like so there was like a documentary. He's like a not behind the mat, but it was one. Of I know that's what Diamond Dallas Page does. Or was now. it? He's like big into like health and helping people like you know get over alcohol shit. I know he's big into like I think he's big into yoga too. I think Diamond Dallas Page has like his own yoga thing. Yeah, he does. He's he's really big into like. That like the yoga, a uh, yoga, yoga, yeah. <laughs> and like that, like uh, the self help stuff. Like he's yeah, he's really getting people like sober and all drunk, especially like his former like you know wrestlers and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like his his boys. But yeah, Razor out Scott Steiner though is also, is from uh, Bay City, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, but they both wrestled for um the Steiner brothers. Both wrestled for U of M. Did they really? Yeah. Yep, they were real wrestlers, like actual wrestling. <laughs> um, but um, Scott Hall, like I wanted to mention this too, since we talk about Kevin Nash is from Detroit. Yeah, I thought yes. so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he lived in Canton. I want to say when we were in high school that's, too. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> um, 
But anyways, I wanted to say about um, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, that since we talk hip-hop on here a lot, too, he was really big and hugely influential in a lot of hip-hop artists that we love's lives. Um, and th- ones that I can think of off the top of my head would be Smoke Dizza, uh, Currency, and West Side Gun. And I, uh, actually, Asher Roth, too. Asher Roth, too. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he is, too. Um, but I know, like, West Side Gun, like, all the ad-libs, the, hey, yo, that was after yep. Razor Ramon, like, the chains and stuff. Like, he said that everything that he used to do was, like, framed after um, Razor Ramon. So I wanted to definitely say RIP to him. Um, and then one we wanted to mention quickly, what was the one about the, uh, what was the guy's name that invented the gif that you were, were talking about before the podcast? Uh, uh, we were talking about uh, Spencer Wilfie. Yeah, uh, Spencer Wilfie. The creator Wilfie. of the gif actually passed away. That's so crazy, yeah. man. Like, I didn't even like think about the fact that someone created the GIF. You know what I mean? Like, they're so part of our lives now. They're everywhere. It's right? crazy. I bet you he was probably pretty wealthy, I bet. Real quick, I want to keep it in the spirit of wrestling because I uh-huh. got two more wrestling yeah, yeah, things I want to talk about. Uh, Chad Gasper, actually, uh, you guys know from Crime Time, who recently passed away. He was trying to save his son and ended up drowning, unfortunately. Yeah, that was uh, He got actually nom- or elected to the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So that's dope. I want to say, Fuck you know, yeah. rest in peace, prayers to the family, and, you know, that's awesome, though, mm-hmm. like, to have that memory behind him. That, and then one more thing in the world of wrestling. The one of the greatest heels of all time retired, uh, Triple H. Yeah, actually finally retired, man. Now and that was the Attitude Era. That was my era of like wrestling for sure. Definitely. So he's still gonna be. I mean, I think he's still obviously part of WWE and stuff like that. But it's just one of those things where that whole the D, we were talking about Degeneration X for a second there yep. with X Pac and you know Rest in Peace China and stuff like that, like. That whole era until like now and just see how that evolved over the years and it's just crazy. Like I actually saw a post where he de- made his debut. Like he was just a straight up like blonde, like kind of like kind of like the the hair band looking dude from like I think he debuted in, like ninety two or something like that. Yeah, dude, he was, it was like he had a whole different persona back then. I forget what they used to market him as. Like Mister Wonder was it Mister B- No, not Mister Wonderful. That's a whole yeah. different wrestler. He had a different name. I think they just called him Hunter Hearst Helmsley back then. Yeah, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah, yeah, he became Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh, actually, I'm looking at it right now. But it's kind of crazy because he survived that era and then became huge when a lot of people would be falling out of it, uh, wrestling by then and like took like, I mean, the it's, degeneration. It's, it's, it's X, also like, helps that you, you know you were married to the boss's daughter. Is he still married point. to her? Yeah, Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, definitely, definitely still married. I'm actually, you know, to be honest with you, since I don't watch wrestling anymore, when I saw that they oh, announced you thought his it was retirement, tight? no, I was just like. He's still fucking wrestling. <laughs> I, I was kind of mind blown about that. He was in and out for the past few years because I mean, he was doing behind the scenes shit. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's older, dog. So it was like, yeah. I mean, well, then again, Ric Flair still wrestles, but like he's like one of those ones where like he was still doing a lot of behind the scenes shit. Like probably like a lot of like management stuff in uh, a way, and a lot of stuff with like WWE. Because I feel like he's gonna be in position to take that over if like Vince like retires and mm-hmm. like steps back or something like that. But or you know they could totally sell. Team, not what's the what's the new league going on right now? Uh, AEW, AEW, yeah. Or, uh, what's the other one? There's like AEW uh, and All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, AEW. Is ECW still a thing? <laughs> no, <Nah>, ECW <laughs> wasn't a thing for a while, dude. That was my favorite back in the day because it was like Extreme hardcore. Eric Bischoff, <laughs> yeah. Extreme Wrestling, crazy. Dudley Hell Brother yeah. or the Dudley Boys or whatever. Those dudes were crazy as fuck. I think Junkyard had, dog. Oh, no, Junkyard dog. Dudley Boys there. eventually yeah. went to WWE, I believe, but they were crazy as fuck. Dudley Boys were, were uh, they're arguably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. They were nuts. It was between them and the Hardy Boys. I would say Edge and Christian was around that time, too. Uh, I, 
greatest tag team. I mean, by the numbers, I guess they have the greatest tag team right now is the New Day. The New Day. Um, I don't know. That was a little bit after your time, but like they've been around for a while too. Kofi Kingston. Uh, Biggie. Oh. E. Okay, uh, they've had both. Uh, so uh, they always have wrestlers Xavier on Woods. Hot 97 because yeah. of Rosenberg. They had Kofi Kingston just recently on there. They just interviewed him. Yeah. So I know who that is. I, but yeah, I, I mean, Hardy Boys are always my favorite. Of all Hell time. yeah. By the way, speaking of Hardy Boys, Jeff is finally in AEW. Because Matt, Matt was already off the AEW off the rip, and then Jeff Hardy was still in the WWE, but then they switched over. Dude, that picture yeah. you sent me of Matt Hardy, I was like, holy shit, that's what he looks like now? He looks terrible. I don't get <laughs> how Jeff Hardy looks better than Matt Hardy, and <laughs> Jeff Hardy was the one doing the trucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's just me. All right. But anyways, to wrangle this thing back in, um, we're actually going to bring Eric on for a little bit because... Um, big, the real biggie. He, because he's, <laughs> he's a big fan of um, the Foo Fighters. That's one of his favorite bands. He just went and saw them um, at Lollapalooza over the summertime. And unfortunately, just yesterday, well, was it yesterday or maybe two days ago, we we found out that um, Taylor Hawkins, the longtime drummer of the Foo Fighters, passed away um, shortly before a gig. I think they were supposed to play that night, weren't they? Um, Yeah. Do you know anything about it, Eric? Columbia? Oh, shit. They're out. They're overseas. I didn't even know that. Oh, that's Damn. why everyone's over there right now. Because I kept seeing all these people posting like photos of like Argentina and like these different places they were going to in Brazil. So oh, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, so Taylor Hawkins, man, he was so he wasn't originally in the band. And if um, a little backstory on him, uh, this is something actually I just kind of learned because I was watching a documentary on Alanis Morissette recently. And Taylor Hawkins used to play drums for Alanis Morissette. And um, I think it was I think they were on tour with the Foo Fighters. Um, And that's when him and Dave Grohl kind of befriended each other. And um, he eventually switched and quit playing with Alanis Morissette and started playing with uh, Foo Fighters. I think like 97 or something like that. Sounds about right or something. But I've always been a casual um, Foo Fighters fan. But Taylor Hawkins has always been one of my favorite drummers because that motherfucker is a beast. Like he like think how good you have to be to try out and play for Dave Grohl, <laughs> the yeah. drummer of Nirvana. Like, Very true. <laughs> like, you got to be fucking with it. And, like, that would just be nerve-wracking as shit in, in general just to start with. But, um, yeah, they became, like, really close friends after that. And I know, like, this has got to be really hard for uh, Dave Grohl to go through. Um, well, he lost uh, Kurt Cobain. I know. He lost his front man, and now he lost his drummer. I so. know. It's so nuts. I saw, like, uh, someone had posted, like, a side-by-side photo. Like, there was a photo shoot that Dave Grohl and Kurt had done back in the day and like he has the same photo with Taylor like a few like when they got together or whatever but yeah super super sad man because he was like one of Rock's best drummers dude and everyone said like I mean you see all the the tributes and everyone says like the same thing like he was so nice he was so nice and this and that but did you you were saying something you were reading about do you know how it happened or anything or do they know a definitive thing or you said there was drugs there was an article that came out today with but, you know, media nowadays, you never know what's true. Right. They were saying there's 10 plus uh, different drugs in his system. 10 plus Damn. different drugs in his system? Mm-hmm. I thought I and thought that, didn't he just get out of rehab recently? Uh, I thought I know that he had just, early like. Early 2000s, he, he overdosed and then came out, he, like, went into a coma or something and came back and kind of got his life back on track but yeah that's what i thought i remember here i thought that i remember hearing that he was like really bad on drugs back then and then like had gotten sober i thought he was yeah sober hawkins sick. overdosed on heroin in august of 2001 which left him in a coma for uh, which left him in a coma for two weeks 
Uh, and this is actually a quote from him saying, I was partying a lot. I wasn't a junkie per se, but I was partying. There were, there was a year where the partying just got a little too heavy. Thank God on some level, this guy gave me the wrong line with the wrong one night and I woke up doing, wait, what? Thank God on some level that this guy gave me the wrong line with the wrong thing one night and I woke. And I woke up going, what the fuck just happened? That was a real life changing point for me. Jesus. Well, you got to think about how much money he came into, too, because Atlantis, he was on Atlantis Morissette's tour, and she was the biggest thing in the fucking planet at that time. Like, I'm pretty sure Jaggy Little Pill, I think, is like the second highest album or selling album of the 90s, like the entire decade. Um, So he was he was living off that fame big time. So that's rough. man. That's fucking crazy. Um, I really want to watch that movie now. Um, By I, the way, a Studio 666. Something I wanted you to pull up, E-Man, just so you can get, I want the people to hear a little piece of this, is um, a song that by the Foo Fighters called Rope. Um, Rope is a song, I think it was off like maybe their last album or two albums ago. Was it? Uh, 2011, I think, is when oh, it came 2011 out. 2011 so, was Wasting Light. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. album that it was off of. Oh, but fun. I know that there's a really cool, like, I really like the drums on this song, and I know Taylor... Um, co-wrote this song too with dave and um he i think he does the backing vocals and stuff that i was reading um fun fact about that album it was recorded entirely in analog really, really? yeah they did it in a so garage that's a thing about that yeah. i was reading about him too i guess um taylor hawkins was big um proponent of doing stuff analog he hated mm-hmm. digital recordings he just thought that it lost like all the like the real feel to it and the musicianship of it um i was just reading that um i think it was on mike Enzinger from Incubus had posted about them. He was like, yeah, we used to talk about how much he hated digital recording. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I, in college, I actually wrote a paper about like the Foo Fighters and uh-huh. Dave Grohl, and like a, a good chunk of that paper was about the album and the whole analog thing. Because mm-hmm. you know, the whole audio engineering degree, yeah. Yeah, it, was, it would fit right in with that. I, you know, I do agree on some level. Like, obviously, there's cool things that you can do in digital. Like, it's not all like, you know, bad, but... Um, there is, like, when you go back and listen to some albums, you know, that predate digital recordings, there is a different feel to it. It's, a like, a, it's like an authenticity mm-hmm. that's not quite, like, replicated with the digital. And there's, like, a way. warmth to it and, like, almost like a rawness to it because, like, I mean, you, before, like, uh, like, the auto-tune <clears throat> and stuff like that, like, you couldn't even punch in. So you had to, like, hit it in one take, you know, or you'd have to redo it. So, like, a lot of those guys, like... I know they said Bowie was kind of a master of that, too, like doing shit in one take. Um, but, yeah, pull up Rope real quick so they can get a little taste of that.
probably cut that one off because Foo Fighters, you're kind of a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> Capital Records. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, yeah, we would let that play a little bit too long. Right, yeah, fucking okay. Taylor Hawkins, though, dude. I mean, like, he's just such an impressive drummer. Um, I was a big, big fan of that. I, I, I've always said I've been kind of a casual Foo Fighters fan, but man, I could, I could listen to some of that old shit for all day. Like, I, like, what was the first? What was the album that Everlong was off of? I forget the name of it. Uh, the, the, the color and the shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good album. Mm-hmm. Monkey um, Wrench is on that as well. Who is Monkey Wrench? Oh, Monkey Wrench is on that. that yeah. yeah, that's a good one. And, and. Regardless of how I feel about them, and you know, I kind of don't listen to them as much anymore. Like what they've managed to do as a rock band is fucking insane. Like they're one of the highest selling rock bands of all time, without question. I, I mean, they sold out like Wembley Stadium two nights in a row, which holds like seventy five thousand fucking people. Like, yeah, it's insane. And was it just last year that they got uh, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I yeah, I think so. it was. Yeah. I, I think they was it. Did they get nominated? Are they in? Yeah, I think they did. I think get they're in. in. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. They are. And I think Dave Grohl's now in for both Nirvana and Foo Fighters, which is pretty impressive. That's insane. Dude. Yeah. And um, he has a movie out. Dude, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I forgot studio, about that. It's yeah, like Studio Six Six Six. Isn't it like um? It's like a musical, isn't it? No. Uh, I don't know. I actually didn't see it, but I read the plot of it. So they're got they rent pretty much an Airbnb in Pasadena mm-hmm. and to record their like 10th album and it turns out that like some he Dave Grohl kind of gets possessed or something <laughs> like that and it's just like some crazy like horror like slasher shit that goes on I don't know that I, I was oh actually no there's a, there's a description right here so oh, no I don't Is Taylor it. in it too? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the whole band is in it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, members of the rock band Foo Fighters move into, oh, Encino, California, mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much-anticipated 10th album. Once in the house, Dave Grohl finds himself grappling with supernatural forces that threaten both the completion of the album and the lives of the band members. Huh. So Dave Grohl is the villain in this. Where can, <laughs> so, we, can, we, where uh, can we watch that? I kind of want to see that. Uh, is it, it, may, it might be in theaters right now. It was in theaters. I don't know if it's still. Is it like, Whitney Cummings in it? Yes. Yeah, yeah she's like the so. neighbor or some shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it came out like end of February. Oh, dude, I feel so bad for Dave Grohl right now. Cause Same. I know aside from them being bandmates, they were like really, really close friends. You know, like they hung out a lot with and each other. And then the lose Kurt and Taylor now. Yeah. That, that and you know, 50 hurt. years old, like. You know, like Foo Fighters and bands like of our generation that we grew up with, Chili Peppers and all these guys, they're getting a little bit older, but 50 still to me seems so fucking young. Like 50 is definitely, I mean, in rock and roll, is it young? Probably not. Yeah, or in, in the music industry, no. Yeah, right. But it is young in a general spectrum of life when people are living to be like 100 and shit these days. So Yeah. yeah. And like, who would you like? They're on tour right now, so like, what do they? You think they just suspend the tour indefinitely? I right mean, now, shit. Or? I mean, th- what what happened when um, Chester passed? When they were in they had, like Lincoln Park was in the middle of a tour. No, he was. Wasn't he touring with Stone Temple Pilots at the time? I thought he was filling in with Stone Temple Pilots. I thought that he was. I, Lincoln Park was about to go on tour. That's what mm. it was. It was either about to go on tour or they were like just started their tour and when that happened. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember hearing them. That one, yeah. that one, you definitely can't continue because Chester, you can't. I mean, well, you can't, can't replace the singer, right? But like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Do you think they're ever gonna do anything Lincoln again? Park? No, uh, Foo Fighters. Or do you think they're just gonna kind of call it? I I can't see Dave Grohl calling. I don't feel like he has it in his spirit to call it. I don't God, think he. Man, I don't, think, I don't know. But can you replace some- Taylor? 
I mean, maybe replace isn't not no isn't the right word. I mean, it's like kind of like when Metallica, when their bassist died originally. Maybe right? he starts and a new project, a, you know? Maybe he starts, or he'll lean into like them crooked vultures, or uh, <sighs> that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm, I, I'm sure they have a lot. They've got a ton long, of dates booked right now. Like, how and they were long supposed was to it into when? Um, I was just going like the like Metallica when their bassist died originally, and they picked up uh, what's my man's name? Jason Newstead. Yeah. Um. Cirillo. I forgot. I forgot to do his oh, name. Oh, Tr- oh yeah. well, their their bass player didn't die. He, they just switched bands. Jason Newstead went to Ozzy Osbourne. It's kind of funny. They I don't know why they swapped. They like because Robert Tertrula or whatever the fuck his name is, yeah. he was playing bass for Ozzy Osbourne, and he came to Metallica, and Metallica's when went to Ozzy Osbourne. There, I remember there was a documentary on that. He like re auditioned and just like shredded or something like that. It was like a clip or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, as for like Foo Fighter situation, I have no idea, dog. Yeah, but anyways, rest in peace to Taylor yeah. Hawkins, man. Really, really sad. Um, I'm sure we'll find out more information on um, how it all happened. It seems like it was a pretty big cocktail of drugs, which is unfortunate. But and they were o- and they were overseas. Sca- too, sad, right? man. What'd so, you say? And they were overseas too, right? Yeah, they yeah, were in yeah, South yeah. America. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Um, but um, anyways, we're gonna bring the move this podcast along. Um, we got some music to get to, but before we get to the music, did you want to yeah, talk there, a little bit about, uh, there's a very hilarious headline I read today okay. and I'm be honest with you. So I wake up in the morning, you know, <laughs> just what up, kind of just kind of get my surroundings together, kind of gauge my interest. What's going on? Kind of plan my day out in my head, I guess with like a rough, rough draft, if you will. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll check my phone. I'm like, all right, I guess it's time to hop on socials for a minute, see what's popping, check my notifications. First thing I see when I fucking go to my eyes, and this just made me laugh. Like, it made me cackle for three minutes. <laughs> Joyner Lucas apologizes to MGK after call after saying he was hacked by Russia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking Joyner Lucas went on a meltdown, dude. He carries himself like such a turd. I swear, man, like... I really like Joyner as an artist, but like he always goes on these public meltdowns and it's it literally was all because um, MGK was billed as one of Lollapalooza's headliners and Joyner Lucas was like way the fuck down in like the super small fine print. And he's like, I'm way bigger than this guy and this and that. He's like, Lollapalooza's got stuff fucking with me and this and that. Bro, you haven't put out an album in like three or four years. No, he hasn't. He put out one (laughs) like last year, I thought. No. Hell no. Joyner? No way. Well, I'm going to bring up Eminem. Okay, yeah, um, go ahead, do it. So, yeah, he was on the, um, was it, what was the name of that Eminem album? Oh, Kamikaze, yeah, yeah, he was on the Kamikaze. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was Kamikaze. Honest, yeah, Ev- honestly, he put out 2020. That was his like, evolution. I wasn't that impressed. With the Lucky You soundtrack? Yeah. Like, I, I, I enjoyed like Eminem's I, part of it, but Joyner just, like, he didn't, he was there. He didn't yeah, really he, fill anything. He definitely had, like, he's definitely super talented at, like, I mean, he can rap super fast. He's go- good with, like, the, um, you know, like, duality stories and stuff jo- like that. Joyner dropped a few singles last year with what? Little Baby and J. Cole. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That Actually, that one with J. Cole was really crazy. And Dirk. That one yeah. with J. Cole was actually really good. Um, but I just wish he would, like, carry himself a little bit better. This isn't the first time he's done some, some whack shit publicly. Like, what was I don't it? know. What was the thing with uh, oh yeah, he had the thing with Logic for a while too. The thing with they, Logic, they he had yeah. a thing with Rosenberg. He's had, I mean, he he always does. He was on, um, oh that was Logic that when he was calling him out, that was on Everyday Struggle back yeah. then. Yeah. What what's his origin story? Like where did 
how was he discovered or anything like that? Or so I know he, I know for that. For, I don't know about his first album. Like I didn't, I didn't listen to his very first one, but the one that was like the phone number on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actually I'll pull it up real quick. The five zero eight five zero seven two two zero nine album. I know that one was with Atlantic, and that was twenty seventeen, right? Yeah. I know that's kind of what blew him up because he had that track with uh oh yeah a couple people. I yeah, love Snow that Go- that album. Snow Allegra, yeah, Mystical on that album, mm. stuff like that. That's how I got hip to yeah, him me personally. Too. I don't know how he went from there. Oh, Chris Brown, that's right, because he had that collab thing with Chris Brown. Yeah, but he I was popping. He was popping a little bit before it that. Was, I think he honestly got popping because he was making really cool videos. Like he was always like, "Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm not racist." racist. Got really that's big. what it was. Damn. It was I'm not racist that blew him up. It was the one where he had the he had like the Trump supporter like white dude, which was his friend, mm-hmm. and he had like the kind of the dude with the cornrows and shit like that. Like, yeah, and he raps from like a duality state. Like he always does like the two different points of view and shit. Which uh, I saw a very funny joke with the all the slaughterhouse drama going on. Someone was like, "This shit. <laughs> the only way this slaughterhouse drama could get any courtier is if Joiner Lucas drops a track from every member's perspective." <laughs> 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 I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um, all right, but yeah, Joiner. Um, before we get onto the music, I thought we would touch real quick on the fact that Atlanta is back. That E Man and I have been watching. Um, that the long return of re- the long waited return. What was it? Two years they were off. Yeah, damn near three almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I um yeah. The first two episodes. Shout out to FX by the way, because FX is the only studio that actually drops like two episodes ahead of time, like for the premiere. I like that too. I love it. That or they do it at a time too. Sometimes for certain. Yeah, shows. they did that with Snowfall too. I was like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I lo- they do. It, yeah, they do it with most shows. But no. Yeah, FX is killing it right now because they got both Snowfall running and Atlanta. And fuck, the mine's about to start back up. And mine's about yeah. to start back up. But um, I wanted to get your opinion. And what did you think about the first episode of Atlanta? All right. So we talked about the spoiler alert, last by the way, night. if anyone hasn't seen it. Yeah. All right. So if you guys haven't watched Atlanta uh, season three, we're not going to spoil too much, uh, but we're going to talk about it. A you got you can skip the next like five minutes. <laughs> episode. Don't skip it. Just watch the show yeah. and then come back. Yeah. Wait, you can, or you can wait to the music reviews. Don't matter. Anyway. So um, when they're in the boat, right at the very beginning. So it already kind of confused me. But at the same time, visually, it was dope. It was like the white dude and the black dude on the boat. That was crazy. And it's like, I, I think it's like this like dream sequence almost. Yeah. Or is it like a different like reality type thing? Because he was talking about like with enough money, anybody become white and stuff like that. But one thing I noticed visually, because I'm such a like cinematic nerd when it comes to that. Did you notice like the surroundings starting to get darker and darker around yep. it and stuff like that? The, like the creepier it got and the more he started talking. Then the dude turned around, his fucking eyes were just gone and shit. Yeah. And then it goes into like a different perspective. I don't know if it was him at a kid like 20 something years ago. Mm-hmm. Or actually, no, it was the, the, they're talking about the undersea of black people under the lake because it was like some flood that was like, oh, anybody that didn't get abandoned. It was like a lost up. city. They got flooded over. And he, he's like, so we're really finishing on top of black people right now? Yeah. He was like, he was like uh, yeah, kind of. So yeah. is that like, an, it has to be like a cultural appropriation reference, right? Yeah, that's, pretty that's much. That's what I got. Pretty so much. Okay, so that's what, because I watched it twice because I wanted to make sure I got the takes right. So yeah. that's what I got. And then you get... And honestly, I haven't seen anything that creeped me out this much since Get Out, almost in a way where, well, no, that's a lie. Them with the baby thing fucked oh, me up, yeah. too. But they put the baby in the But bag. no, but Get Out is a good... But Get Out, no, no, this was, that was actually just strictly fucked up. This was just creepy. Mm-hmm. When Get Out, remember that scene in Get Out where, and this is after all the crazy shit happens and the big plot twist was revealed and all that shit. 
she's eating fucking Fruit Loops, but like picking them individually. You said that to me last like night. That. I don't remember that scene. That was a big scene. Yeah. That was a scene in it. And that was yeah. like one of the creepiest things I've seen in cinematic <laughs> history for me. But Catherine Keener was great. That, in that shit role. topped it on Atlanta. When you put it, you're putting flour <laughs> on a fucking chicken. chicken leg and then try to microwave that shit for 12 minutes and call it fried chicken. <laughs> you're like, oh no, that's eight. That nuked it last time. That was, yo, that shit is fucking disgusting. That shit is ill. Like, to have to, have to do that. Dog. Yeah, that was a super weird episode, man. First of all, <laughs> like, yeah, what, like you, man, was saying, it's, it's, so basically the premise, if, if you guys haven't seen it, I think it's a dream sequence of Donald Glover's character because he kind of like wakes up at the end of the episode. I was thinking it was different. Pers- I almost think it was like different like realities almost in a way where because it was like anybody can like go out or something like what do you call it? Anybody can be white with enough money for the most part. And then it was like there's not really white people that exist. It's just people with money that bought themselves this way. Well, and I'm like, what is that? And I've been trying to unpack what that meant, to be honest with you, because I. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if the re- if it'll be. I'm sure it'll be called back to on the, or somewhere throughout the season because the second episode had nothing to do with it. But the first episode, it definitely reminded me of Get Out in the um in the sense of like it's a this white family pretending to be this you know like fake woke this fake woke, but they're really using it to their advantage. And in in Get Out's case, it was murdering these people. But in this one, it was to get the free child labor, basically, like slave labor, essentially. Is oh, no, what it happened. wasn't murdering. It was just kid them in a sunken place. So, yeah. So <laughs> so basically what it was is this white family adopting these black kids and then making them do all their fucking work for them and selling all the yep. stuff at the farmer's market. And um, it takes some weird turns. And I don't want to give up all of the episode, but I'm confused as after watching the second episode, I'm not sure what the fucking point of the first episode was. No, it's going to have to... No, <laughs> and that's the thing. I know that's... Like you said earlier, that's going to be a callback. We don't... Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's the point. I think the point of it is the fact that we don't know, but we just looking... I feel like they almost gained it to like, yeah, we're just going to fuck with the audience on this one. Yeah. Like, we're going to figure out what, what's going on. They're going to keep that in the back of their mind and stuff like that, and they're going to forget all about that till we bring it back in later in the season. I think that's what's going to come from that, because I'm still trying to really unpack what the fuck that meant from the second episode, and that wasn't given, obviously. So that's yeah. going to be – yeah, I think that's going to get called back to later. I think you're right on and, that. And, I mean, Donald's out here talking a big game, too, because he was in an interview and said that the only show that's fucking with – Atlanta's season three and season four is the Sopranos. I was like, damn, that's a fucking big statement right there. <laughs> and you know what? One thing I do love about it too, just seeing all of all four of them back together. Cause like just where all four of them are at in their careers currently knowing where they're at now compared to like where season three or two left off. Mm-hmm. It's fucking insane. Like you got like Lakeith Stanfield getting uh, nominated for Oscars. You got Zazie Beats and like Deadpool. And Dude, Lakeith Stanfield's career now. blew up in between like Brian Tyree Henry's yeah, in a bunch too. of shit too. He's like, in that Marvel movie. What was, was the... He was in a couple more. He was in uh, Eternals. Eternals. That's what I was thinking of. A lot of people... I mean, you know he was uh, General Butt fucking naked in the Book of Mormon play, right? Uh, that, you told me that. Yeah. I, I, I never he saw was the original. He was the Broadway version was he? In the one that you saw, was no, he there? When no, you saw that it? wasn't a broad. That was that wasn't a Broadway. That was Detroit. But it's still Broadway. It's just that wasn't no Broadway. Like the actual, it's a Broadway play, but it's off Broadway. So when oh, it goes off I Broadway, yeah. So the original Broadway cast okay, would not be considered. Okay, yeah, unless it, yeah. So like when I saw Hamilton, Lin Manuel Miranda was not there. That's what that means. That's off Broadway because he's not a part of the original cast. Him or uh, 
Lem- uh, Leslie Odom. Yeah. Was there anyone at the Detroit ones that you were at that have like gone on to that you've seen in anything else or anything like that or was it? I mean, I don't. Not really, dog. To be I honest wonder how with they you. cast those things. Like, and I wonder if it's like they have. Do you think that they? T- so the one in New York obviously is the biggest one, but I wonder if they like. Does the rest of the cast tour the country, or do they each city like have their own cast? I wonder how that works. I would think they pick up different people along the way for certain things. Like, say, like, Leslie Odom Jr. is shooting a movie or something like that, so they would get somebody for Aaron Burr. Like, they they picked up Wayne Brady in Chicago. Oh, really? To play Aaron Burr. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah, for the Chicago run of Hamilton, they picked up Wayne Brady to play Aaron Burr. I do remember that. Yeah, so maybe different cities have, like, certain people that they plug in or whatever. That's pretty interesting. But um, anyways, another FX show that we were just talking about that has been back and killing it is fucking Snowfall. I'm I'm two episodes or an episode and a half behind right now. So yeah, we're not we're yeah. gonna spoil too much but of Snowfall, I, but, but absolutely Snowfall is back and better than ever. And I still think as of right now as of right now, I still think uh Franklin Say could take out Tony, Tony Soprano. Dude, I <laughs> don't know. That's a, that's I don't know. He's got Tony's got a lot more experience than Franklin does. That's true. Just, <laughs> actually, you know what? Maybe if Franklin had of oh, the CIA connection, but that would, but oh we'll yeah, get, we'll, get, we'll get into that later. Yeah, um, Snowfall, <laughs> man. I wasn't sure how they were gonna make this new season interesting, being how the last one ended. But man, they did it again. Um, I, I'm gonna make a bold statement in saying that I think that Damson Idris is the best actor on TV right now. Um, really, I really feel that way. Like his portrayal as Franklin Saint is so good. I gotta. <laughs> you've made that claim before, and. Literally, my only counter argument is I need to see him in something else. But uh, as Franklin Saint, though, that's true. That's as a good point. Franklin Saint, yeah, yes, yeah. I agree with you. But I need to see him in something else before I make that call. Yeah, he's, I, he's definitely gonna be one of the ones I'm gonna be watching for a lot, though. No, like actually, going forward, I think the he's only thing awesome. I've ever seen him in, other than that, he was in, a, he was in a Twilight Zone episode, the new Jordan Peele. He's was. in that movie. He was in some weird, like, um, futuristic, like sci-fi movie with Anthony Mackie. Where they like play like soldiers, but they're like robots outside but, like, the soldiers. wire. Yeah, maybe that's what it was called. Um, that was pretty interesting. That was a pr- that was a pretty good movie actually. But um, it was just kind of oh like an action shit. Movie. He's gonna be in a new um. So they're doing a new Black Mirror movie. He's gonna be in. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's tight. Well, Topher Grace is also in it. Oh shit! All right. Interesting. Looking, I'm looking out for that because I love I love Black Mirror. We need season six. Anyway, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love Black Mirror as well. It's so weird. Such an such a unique show. But um, anyways, yeah. Moving along on now, I think we could probably roll on into something old, something new. Um, we have a little bit of stuff to get to here. Um, I think I started it off last week, didn't yep. I? Yup. So I will let E Man start it off with something old. Some oh shit. Oh, she. Let's see what I have queued, man. Well, I got too much yeah. damn coffee. <laughs> I say, yeah, my uh. Normally, when I complain about y'all bladders and stuff like that, like mine is kind of getting to me now, and I hate that. <laughs> but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and rock it out for here. Well, I, well let's let's make a quick pause then, real quick, and yeah. then we'll go have a hit yeah. a bathroom break, <laughs> and then we'll come back for something. Yeah, you want to start this off real quick? Something old, something new. We'll, yeah. we'll come back after we'll take a quick pause right. and we'll be back for it. All right, throw in that Jeopardy music, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, we are back. And we back. Our bladders are f- empty. Something old, right? <laughs> Crazy, <So> sexy, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, I'm not going in that direction. So we're going to keep it in the spirit because we, we're going into like a punk rock month, next mm-hmm. month for the most part. And I'm on board with it. And I'm not going to punk rock for this song, but I am going kind of like dipping my foot in that water a little bit. Like an artist I really enjoy. Stuff. I think we talked about him. I think the last time I talked about this artist, I want to say it was a Scumbag Fred episode. I talked about him. I played okay. like his new album that came out. And I've always been a fan of this guy because he has like this like art rock, like soundscapey sound to it. And it's just like weird and eerie, but cool as fuck. Uh, Yves Tumor, man. I went with uh, his first album, When Man Fails You, uh, that was released in 2016. Hell yeah. It's very like soundscapey ass, but it, it almost like kind of like a, this eerie score to like a horror movie almost in a way. like mm-hmm. not, Or like a thrill, like a nice thriller. Like I just really enjoy what he does. And then he has like, and I always talk about like I really wasn't the biggest fan of Bowie, but you can tell. Ironically, his last name is actually Bowie. Oh, really? Name. But yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm never. I wasn't that big a fan of him, but I always liked like the imagery and the detail and like stuff like that. And I like a lot of artists take kind of like that alternate personality for thing sure from him for sure. Definitely. So I always credit him for that. Uh, and Yves Tumor definitely has that like that kind of like that Bowie or kind of like a Prince almost like feel okay. to it in this music, but it's very like art rock and like synth heavy and stuff, and it's just like really that. really dope. Yeah, uh, I'm not super familiar with him as an artist. He's coming so to ta- he's coming to town. He's coming to Detroit in a couple of days, so I was like, we should definitely go because I really enjoy him, man. Hell yeah, well, I'm it's gonna, gonna be an uh, interesting crowd there though. I already have a feeling. But yeah, <laughs> let's play uh, a little bit of uh, when when man fails you by Yves Tumor. Uh, I'm gonna play. Let's go. Let's go Psalms. Actually, nah. Let's go HP Junt. He also is a guitar player, too. That's okay, I'm cool with it. I like music like this. Okay. 
pretty dope about that, man. You know what? Actually, to piggyback off last week's episode, that kind of in a roundabout way a li- a- a- reminds me a little bit of Justin Thiel. Um, Jeffrey? Was, Jeffrey, I'm sorry. Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, the the guest we had on last week. Um, it's very experimental. It's kind of in like the Animal Collective wheelhouse, like uh, Animal Collective St. Vincent. But I like that kind of stuff. It's really experimental and different. And yeah. I like weird, trippy shit like that. Yeah. And then here, and shout out, shout out to Jeffrey Thiel, by the way, man, because I really listened back to this episode. I really like that one a lot, and I like him a lot, too. Uh, that's what kind of made me go into like this realm almost in a way for like my something old, just because I'm like, Investuber kind of reminds me of that kind of same like experimental feel where it's like kind of trippy, but it, yeah, I, I really and enjoy I, it. how that track built up too was kind of how what Jeffrey was describing to us last week and the way that he was starting, how he starts with a loop and then he likes to keep adding on to it and how his instructor was telling him that he needs to keep adding to the loop and, and furthering the song from there. So it kind and that's kind of how that started with a little loop that was adding stuff each, each, uh, each little go around. So that's pretty tight. I like that. Yeah, man. Um, I'm interested what his what his vocals sound like too. I I'll have to I, listen to the album. I about to say if you want, we can play another track later. But yeah, I'm down. Right, I'm cool. down for that for sure. Um, but anyways, yeah. So on to mine. So I've been watching this show on this channel called Epics. It's um it's a documentary series called Punk. Um, I think Iggy, Iggy Pop is one of the executive producers of it. But it kind of just chronicles um the history of punk rock music and um no surprise to us it started in detroit like most cool things do mm. um and a lot of the 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 biggest part of i guess iggy pop would be like the, they call him the godfather of punk he was kind of what started the movement and got everyone into it but another one early on would be the mc5 and mc5 is a uh, motor motor city five is what that stands for they uh started here in detroit um wayne kramer is kind of like the main component of it um the rest of the band besides him i think now there might be one more guy alive but i think the rest of them have passed away about um the original lineup at least but um mc5 was really um kind of an influential part of what was going on in the world at that time um not in the world i'm sorry in the nation at that time because it was kind of the end of the civil rights movement um around the late 60s and the riots in detroit had happened in 1967 and so the city was kind of in ruins, you know, it, there was a lot of buildings that had burnt. I think they said they lost over 500 buildings in the Detroit riot. Um, and there was a place on the west side of Detroit called the Grandy Ballroom where the MC5 would play these shows in the late 60s. Iggy Pop would play there, too. And it was like one of the only venues that would house this punk rock music because of the crowds that it would draw, you know, these really like angsty teens and young people that were just wiling the fuck out (laughs) um and they were pretty heavy in protest lyrics mc5 they were like big um advocates um in protesting vietnam and a lot of their lyrics were centered around that so they recorded their first album actually at the grandy ballroom um over two nights in 1968 over devil's night and halloween um which is not a typical thing that people record their you know their debut albums they don't usually do it live so they're playing all these songs live you hear the crowd that actually is really tight <laughs> so i think that's, that's pretty, really dope i think that's really tight too and um just recently being that e-man and i live down here i, w- I wanted to look up the grandy ballroom because you know we're in detroit and i was like oh shit it's only like three three and a half miles away from the house so i walked there the other day because i just wanted to see if i could get like a little like i wanted to see if i could get inside but unfortunately it's super duper boarded up and 
they got security and everything. But I walked there, man, and it's just it's really crazy when you get like west of the um the lodge. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that area has they just forgot about it after the riots. Like it's such a rundown area of Detroit. It makes our it looks it makes where we live look like the suburbs, dude. I'm not even kidding. I mean, like what? there is so many spots that are like no signs of life and it continues all the way to the Grandy Ballroom. When I got there, it was like most of the businesses around it were boarded up and closed down. And it's just crazy. Cause what does that say? Yeah, dude. I mean, it's it sucks. It really sucks. I mean, it's like um, there's a lot of that in Detroit, a lot of ruin. It's a lot nicer where we're at because we're closer to Woodward. Because gentrification and close to downtown Detroit. Well, well, the <laughs> riots. No, I mean, the mostly it's because of the riots. People wanted to move out of that area. It was fucking like it looked like a war-torn area after the riots. So No, I mean, like why ours are nicer and... There. Well, yeah, I mean, we live, well, we live closer is, to the yeah. downtown area. That's why this area is a little bit nicer and more built up. But, I mean, when you get a little bit on the outskirts, man, it's like it's no signs of life over there. But, um, anyways, back to MC5. Their album was recorded at the Grandy Ballroom. It was cool to go see it in person. I wanted to I want to see if maybe I can get, like, a tour someday or something. I wish they would, like, do something with it because it's a cool, iconic venue. Um but yeah, man, I, MC5, um, one of the originators of punk music. It's crazy how like quickly they had disbanded. Like they started when they were like 14, and by the time they were in their like early 20s, the band was already done. And Wayne Kramer, you know, the lead singer, or not lead singer, but the front man of the band, he went on to uh, he fell on hard times because of drugs and ended up doing like a two year prison stint because he got busted for selling cocaine. Um, but <laughs> I guess now. So they, they've been disbanded forever. I mean, they don't they barely ever play. They'll play like a special show here and there or whatever. But I just saw L Club announced that Wayne Kramer's doing like an anniversary MC5 show there. And they kind of built a band around them. Like they got Jane's Addiction's drummer playing and some other people. I think that's in uh, May. So I wanted to go check that shit out. But uh, E-Man, pull up a little MC5 for me, bro. Um, there are a lot. You, when you pull up it on, on title, you got to go to the live albums. It doesn't show up in... Um, and their full discography. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to have you actually play the title track to Kick Out the Jams. The compilation, boys? Oh, live album. Under live you. albums. Uh, it's called Kick Out the Jams. What we got? Play the actual song Kick Out the Jams, too, because that's like one of the most iconic punk songs. song's been covered like a million times. It's fucking crazy, dude. Um, it's just cool because I think what's you can turn it down, E. I think what's so cool about punk rock music is it's just like you know, it doesn't need to be technically sound good. Like I mean, like they would talk about how they liked shit to be fucked up, out of tune. Like they, would, you know, That's, a lot of those shows were like that. This is one of those things. Like one of my 
favorite culture is beauty and chaos, right? Yep, especially 100%. and punk rock. I feel like and grunge and all the offsprings of like that like genre that was built off of that shit. Mm-hmm. Like if you really think about it, because a lot of that shit sounds out of tune. A lot of the vocal, like the lead vocals, vocals are definitely not perfect. Fucking sing for the most <laughs> yeah. part. It's like that, like that grunginess, like that rough, like. It's supposed to. It it's all. supposed to not sound polished. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be gritty. It's supposed to be like raw. It's yep. supposed to be all that shit. And that's why I genuinely and I'm really happy about this next coming month. Like yeah. when we get into the series, but like this is uh yeah I, I'm dude this is this is the shit like, yep. right here. And another cool thing it's just that like I was raw thinking, emotion on tracks. That's why I love about that. Yeah, like, I agree yeah. with you on that. And another thing that's cool about punk music and something correlated to our show because you know we talk about hip hop a lot. In a lot of ways, punk and hip hop are very correlated with each other because punk music was kind of like the outlet that like white kids had in that time of like being angsty teens and like bitching about what was going on in their surroundings. And then hip hop kind of became that for black youth. You know what I mean? It was the the outlet where you would hear what's going on in the streets, what's you know what's bothering people, what they're you know it's like that outlet to get out that rage and that emotion and shit. So one of my um biggest things like on my growth journey especially like specifically with music i guess we're talking in this case was like appreciating things of all genres right Mm -hmm. and i recently realized that there's parallel like if you look at hip-hop obviously hip-hop is my first love as far as genre goes hip-hop and rap but i was thinking about there is a big parallel between a lot of different genres like hip-hop and a lot of different genres so how you were talking about that angsty thing like Mm -hmm. we're like kids are trying to like it's pretty much like these young kids or teenagers they're trying to get their you know get a find a outlet for their frustration and their angst and their you know aggression and stuff like that there's definitely that parallel with that Mm -hmm. i was thinking about even country music if you really think about country music and hip-hop the lyrics aren't different at all it's just like i agree fed it's just fed to you in a different way a different tone but it's like the same type of lyrics i mean there's you know, there's women, there's vehicles, there's yep. fucking <laughs> drug use, drugs, <laughs> and alcohol. There's a, there's a lot of that different shit. Like uh, when I was listening to like a like a Wheeler Walker Jr. for instance, <laughs> we talking about that, which you know Wheeler Walker Jr. is like comedy, like yeah. country. But it's like thinking about it, like how he makes fun of it, and then think about like a lot of country songs that like are famous and stuff like that. Like all my exes live in Texas, or like uh-huh. straight or something like yep. that. It's a lot of parallels to like a lot of hip hop songs yep. in that same aspect, talking about the same issues. Yep. It's just fed to a different audience for in different consumption. Yep. If you really think about it. So yeah. Yeah, it really boils yeah. down to it all kind of just being like a youth rebellious movement with like punk and hip hop and you know, just a way to, you know, tell you what's going on um with them. But uh, yeah, moving on along. We I want to be sedated. We're definitely going to get to a lot of the cool ones. <laughs> Little Ramones. Yeah, for right. sure. But uh, transitioning on over, we got now we got something new. So, E-Man, what do you got for us? Something new on this week. On the new side, man. Uh, I, there's only, I, I can't go into Denzel right now. Yeah, I, I, I can't It's either. too new. Denzel is way too new. I love Denzel Curry, and I'm going to give him his proper due when I feel comfortable talking about that Ooh, Denzel, to me, is very punk rock, too. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> he's definitely in that ballpark. Uh, although, he's got a lot of a lot of different feet. Well, didn't he? Yeah, he opened for Billie Eilish on tour, right? 
Do you really? Yeah, I think Good so. On like uh, the when we all fall asleep tour, I believe. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Robert Casper on this album. We got Kareem shit. Riggins on his album. It's a lot, man. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't really go into that one right now. But uh, as far as my something new, man, I we started with that Amane project, and I went back and listened to it. I really enjoyed that. Did I? Did we ever go into detail about the Zalooper album? The what is it? The Zalooper album. The Looper from uh, Bruiser Brigade. Uh, no, the uh, Van Gogh's Left Ear album. Oh, did, we ever, I think did I, I th- ever go into detail about it, or did no, I, just I think mention had, it came out. I think out? you had played a song from it, but I think you, we didn't. I don't think you like reviewed it or anything like that. So, you guys familiar with the Loopers? Looper is a part of Danny Brown's Bruiser Brigade, mm-hmm. Detroit guy. Uh, he had this album that came out last year called Van Gogh's Left Ear, and I think he set the drop something else, and that's kind of how he started popping in my feed because I'm like, okay, I think I remember vaguely checking them out but never really spending any time with it dog this album fucking goes yeah <laughs> i really enjoy it uh it's got a lot of a lot of su- it's a lot of production things on here that i really love because a lot of a lot of nerd stuff like mm-hmm. uh bash brandicoot for instance has like it samples the crash bandicoot video game in the beat and, da- <laughs> and danny brown's actually on that song too oh, that's right. uh it's just really it's just really dope it's a lot of it's a lot going on with this album, and I, I don't think it's going to be for everybody because it uh-huh. doesn't really fit like a certain sound. But like for like the weird, like the weird shit, I would say in a way, not like the weirdo stuff, but like the weird like production, some of the lyrics, some of the vocals, some of like how things are like set in. It's just really dope and different, especially for like the Detroit hip hop scene, for instance. And I really, I really enjoy this. Even the, the artwork stands out for me from that because I'm like, yeah, that artwork yeah, is tight. I like yeah. that too. Yeah, I, I, I haven't heard uh, any of this. I don't think besides maybe like one of them that you played on the podcast. So play a little something for us so we can hear it. Let's see. Let's go with. Actually, I'm gonna play that Bash Brandicoot. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Oh, Brash Brandicoon. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I pronounced that wrong. My bad. <laughs> Anything less than hundred million dollars cash for my talent, then that's just unacceptable. Niggas sick, I can't crush a tiger hitting jagged. I got shot the key, running down the keyboard, touching each note until I'm famished. Feel like I'm inside of a rocket, shake me, then I vanish. Feel like I'm inside an ice cube, picture me inside a man. She gon' send me cause I'm good for her. I don't want no booger whoop. I deal with how she can. Read your mind and jig is up. Get your party ride, shot through a beam to send you up. Talk to myself like him. You got some more? Go on hide to me, ain't optional. It's just all I know. They keep telling me I'm fine, so I stop dropping rolls. Roll me in the rug. Throw me off a boat. Bitch, don't pull it tug. Go for what you know. Niggas think they fucking with me. That shit preposterous. You better off in the jungle. Riding on no rhinoceros. If I clap, it's gonna sound like ram's horns. She suck my sack, then I bust on her dashboard. Jesus. <laughs> I just, I, I fucking love this Your reality is augmented. If you think you authentic, my spinners got ball stomach. Been a great. Get me a check. They up next. They Danny's definitely better than him on this. I actually wanted to play this for the Danny Brown version. <laughs> 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 
Fresh stunt like head laces. Bruise a bitch up. Side your head. Gotta throw a bread. Gotta throw your head. Vitality. Now I'm telling you. Keep your mouth closed. Won't tell of you. That flow, paranoid, normal activities. Make your favorite go. Say it real to me. Jingle titty me. Was she next to me? Wish was sweet. Night in the air. Nice to run have sex with me. Now check to me. I you rest the peace. And Italy. French kids to me. It's like every month by me. It's black history. So I think I have a dream with two queens and a king size. What you try to kick? Not as nigga like you're on the corner. So the bean pies. So by any means necessary. Play me on my knee. Compensate. I'm psyched when never nigga. We be forever like time and jam. If I'm being honest, that beat is horrible. I like it. I, I don't know. I just want to say it's not. And I knew I knew playing that. I'm like, it's not going to be for everybody. I like it because of the nostalgia factor personally. And that's why I fuck with it. But I know it's not going to be for everybody. And I know people listening were like, what the fuck was that sometimes? But I, Somehow Danny Brown figured out a way to ride it, to ride the beat. But man, that was. I think there definitely could have been some drum things done differently on yeah. it. Personally, if I'm giving like a breakdown, but like I, I really enjoy it just for like, oh man, somebody put Crash Bandicoot sample on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fucking it's crazy. just like the the inner like child in me that grew up playing Crash Bandicoot on PlayStation Two. Yeah. Love that. That show that, wasn't that. Didn't that game come free with PlayStation mm-hmm. originally? I, I think, think that so. was like one of the games they would give you for free was Crash Bandicoot when you first bought a PlayStation. I don't think I did. At least I don't know. Um. It's definitely a PlayStation original. Oh, no, no, no. It's on Xbox now, but it started with PlayStation. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Anyway. Moving on over. Uh, I only got around, around to spending time with one new album, and it was one that I wanted to listen to a lot um, because he is one of my favorites of all time. Tribe Called Quest is one of my favorite groups of all yeah, time. We're going to so, talk about um, both. Yeah, both of us are going to talk about this I wanted one. to talk about Fife Dogs Forever. Um those of you who don't know, um, Fife Dog is one of the members of Tribe Called Quest, and he unfortunately passed away in 2016. Um, but this album has been in the works. Uh, he was planning on releasing it before he passed away. He was working on it, you know, so they kind of just finished it up and finally got it out to the public. Um, and man, it's just really, really awesome. It's just such a, it's such a beautiful thing to hear tr- uh, him sounding that good on it. It's awesome to hear his voice again. Um, there's a lot of really touching moments on it. Um, I didn't actually know that his mom was a performer, too, um, back in her day. She was more of a poet, but she has a poem on here that she wrote to Fife um, that, man, I was fighting back tears listening to that. Yeah. Um, he also has um, – there's an outro that, on one of the songs. The, on the, for, on Forever. Yeah, yeah, that, that he sounds awesome on, that he's talking about, you know – not taking the easy route and being your own uh, artist, which is a theme it's like that a, lot of, about a lot of a lot of artists that take the route of like the mass consumption machine stuff like mm-hmm. that, the dance tracks, the party tracks, stuff like that. And he's saying in that in that truck, he's saying like there's nothing wrong with that route. And I think I posted this in my story if I'm yeah. not mistaken, but they, he's saying he's not taking that. Like, there's nothing wrong with taking that route if you want to take that route. It's just that, like, peop- real people go through real shit at the end of the day, and they want to hear something genuine and real and something they can relate to and something they can be like, yeah, that's uh, somebody's going through some of the same shit I am mm-hmm. and kind of hear my voice and go up top of that. And that's, like, the beauty of music to me, man. It's, like, to have somebody that you can relate to in a way, like, when you want to. Or you can just go out and, you know, turn up. <laughs> like yeah, there, that's I, the beauty of it there's something for everything in music you know i have it so, right yeah. here what he wrote on there this is the outro on the song that we were just talking about he says everyone takes the easy route 
You know what I'm saying? It's something that you have to think about. You don't ever really give it a chance, and it's unfortunate because there's a lot of good music out there if you just sit and listen to it. You know what I mean? There, uh, rather than just catch or going after a catchy hook instead of lyrically listening to the whole song. They'll just listen to the hook and the beat. They'll, they'll get their drink on, their smoke on, their dance on, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? There's more to life than just... Uh, wait, see, hold on. There's more to life than just getting your party and your groove on. But that's whatever. You can do that, too. But people go to work every day. People are on welfare every day. People go to the library and learn something new every day. But unfortunately, these kids would rather listen to us kick a rhyme or a verse than listen to their teachers in school. And on that note, being that it's unfortunate, we got to deal with that. So being that, or so being that they'd rather listen to us, we got to kick something for them uh, that's different than what they what they different than what kind of car I drive or how many chicks I brought home from the party last night. Um, but he goes on and has a longer uh, and that kind of goes on, and that kind of called back to like when we, we were just talking about the teen, teen angsty thing mm-hmm. in a way because I mean. When you say like hip hop was like that for like black kids and like yep. inner city stuff like that, or even like you know just anybody going through some shit for the most part, because it's such a well hip hop now is such a universal culture and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, real people go through real shit, dog. So. And you got to look <laughs> at it in the vein too. Is like hip hop is cool. People think hip hop is cool. They think hip hop artists are cool. So. They're going to follow trend with what you're talking about and your shit. It's I think a lot of kids are on, and I'm not blaming hip-hop 100% for this, but I think a lot of the pill movement and the uh, the drug use is definitely um, exacerbated that, by that's hip-hop. That's a certain subculture of hip-hop. Yeah, for I sure. Would, no, I would no, yeah, not no, no, blame no. all of hip-hop. No, but, I'm, but yeah. I'm saying in a lot of the popular lyrics, you get a lot of those little dirks and all them dudes talking about perks and fucking pills and all that shit, and it's just, you know, it's... Uh, kind of an epidemic in the country so i think we change the narrative you change how people uh react to it and stuff so i don't know shout I mean, out like, to fife dog um we're talking there, about like, there's a song on the fife that has fucking buster rhymes and red man over a jay dilla beat that is like it's like a master class in hip-hop dude it's like uh i just i just love everything about it like the rhyme schemes they're like um, I think Fife starts doing everything that rhymes with R, and then like they just keep him and Busta go back and forth, and then Red comes in and goes crazy. Um, I don't know what song should we play off there? Off the Fife Dog album. Maybe play that one. Play the one with um, the one with or the Dilla beat. It's I think it's called Nutshell Part Two. Yeah, with Busta Rhymes and Red Man. Yeah. Little Trevor and Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, Jay Dilla. Real quick, one more thing I do love about this. I love the old school boom bap, like golden oh, yeah. era sound. I, I just want to throw that out there. Me like, too, man. It was really good to hear that in 2022. I to agree. Be with you. With I agree. Just everything, how trappy everything is now and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I love too, but yep. it's cool to hear this. Yep. Hey, yo, bus, let me get a bad boy, nigga. <laughs> yo, Fife Dog is in the building. Red Man is in the building. Busta Rhymes in the building. Remix. <laughs> Peak the rebirth of the reborn as I rebuild. We connect with this rebel, redefining raw skill. I realign, readjusted, refocused, reanalyze what's real versus bullshit. Had to refuel, reactivate, to reemerge, reevaluate, recalculate. Bitch, I return, redefine, re-energize, get reacquainted. Rhythmkins incorporated, roots we made it, invulnerable, inviting, invincible, inventive one, which leads most inviolable. Get involved, invest in these youths, kid, and big. Induce that 
no realness. Insecure? Nah, more like inhumane. It's not a game. Shut your mouth. Use your inner voice. Say in your lane. Inaugurate those with incentive to want to innovate. Insisting that those who inspire, we will initiate. What? And that's just me in a nutshell. 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 Ha! Fight dog in a nutshell. New York finest in a nutshell. Look. Unpredictable, I'm so unfuckwittable, unfathomable, the love I get unconditional, unequivocal, indestructible, unthinkable, split, it's understandable how to flow unforgettable, unbuckle belts, unclothed bitches and Rari's, unclean vagina, please go, clean your panani, unhospitable, <laughs> that's one sick individual, untraceable DNA, nigga, flow unforgivable, <laughs> and that's just me in a nutshell, <laughs> I unallow those unwelcome, you unappear. I love Bust and Fife together too, they always sound great on a song together. But yeah, rest in peace, Fife. I'm Big so time. glad that the album is out. Go stream it, buy it, because it goes to his family, and you know, want to support them for sure. It's also, you know, there was definitely a few moments that made me sad on the album too, because there's like a definitely a song where he's like talking about watching his kids grow up and shit like that, and like that kind of hit me in the feels. But um, uh, yeah, 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 that's fuck. That's all I got for something old, something new. Did you have anything else yeah, you then, wanted to get I, to? I mean, that Nego album. I, I, I can, haven't listened to it I can to it give yet. it a rough breakdown right now. I mean, I, I spent a little... This is the most time I spent with the new album, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, as far as like Latin, something that came out the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts off with that Lost and Found freestyle with ASAP and Tyler. I heard that. Oh, that's, that's the only thing oh shit. Speaking of which, Tyler dropped a single. That's, that, no, that, that's on the Nego album. No, no, no. Come on, let's go. Yeah, that's from the Nego album. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah it is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, it's really dope, bro. I really enjoyed the Nego album. I really like the Aria too. Like, not, like, see, I thought he, I didn't Rocky. even know that he was just a producer. I thought he was a rapper at first, and then I, I was like, why does this say just like? To let you guys know, this album is fucking loaded, by the way, too. Yeah, oh yeah, big yeah. time. Uh, got clips and put. Why do they not have Malice credited right there? They have clips and they have Pusher T. That's weird. <laughs> I actually did. Yeah, I don't know. That's, That's weird. All right. Uh, you got Cuddy, the Teriyaki Boys, if you guys are familiar with uh, two, uh, the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. They did like the theme song or the main song for that. Uh, Pharrell is on here a couple times. Pusha T's back. Pop Smoke has a post-mortis one. Little Uzi and Gunna. Yeah. This is, uh, dude, I really enjoy it. I remember that first single that came out, which was was the uh, was it the Pusha T one? Was that first single that came out? Uh, I don't know. I'm not Maybe super familiar with this yet, so I, I haven't listened to any of it. So I gotta. I mean, you can play a little bit of it. Man. Yeah, go I ahead. Really, I mean, mind you, like we're talking about albums that just came out in a couple of days, but I really, I spent like I listened to this like two or three times now. So my take on it is just like it's like this very like kind of like. It's in the realm of kind of like that hip hop spirit. Like you just got like a bunch of artists that really love to do it mm-hmm. but at the same time like they all have like that mainstream success like i wouldn't expect like a like certain artists that like i wouldn't i, I didn't see teriyaki boys on here by right. the way which is kind of crazy to me or yeah but let's play a little bit of it i really want to do let's go functional attic man i really this was probably one of my my standouts for the album One that she fuck with, she love how I touch it, she love how I feel. I'm up in her stomach, ain't no no budget, so no jewels touch it. Don't bust out no watches, only these bitches you cuss. So let's talk about risks, not talking about that little toy in your wrist. That is a railroad, but this is a rich. 
2.5 something there. How does it fit? I got new yellow cake just to run on my errands. Got the vaccine because you niggas is variants. Just got the Viking to fish with my parents. Gold on my teeth because it matches my larynx. I just told Tiffany's make my epiphany. Clear yellow carbon. I act with it vividly. Laugh number two, but the roof back in Italy. Shout to my honeys. I heard y'all was missing me. Bust it, bitch. 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 Oh. Okay. Oh, dog. You know what? So you can definitely tell he's a fan of Pharrell. Guess what? So a little bit of fact checking. Nigo is a part of the Teriyaki Boys first and foremost. Oh. <laughs> and he actually uh, the created the Bathing Ape clothing line. What? <laughs> so oh, that's crazy. who this is. Wow. So that's he's wild. pretty much like uh, it's kind of like a Virgil almost in a that's way crazy. as far as like that. Oh man, I uh yeah, we should have fact checked this before coming in, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so he's a yeah, fashion designer, a DJ, record producer. So he pretty much like got like a bunch of rep for his clothing line and did this album. Hell yeah. That's that's, that's dope. Tight. All right, I fuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is all I think we got for this week for something old, something new. Yeah, um man. and I kinda think that's probably pretty much all I have for the episode. I want to get to watching college basketball, bro, because we got basketball on right as we're speaking. Yes, sir. I think it started at two. What time is it right now? It is three, almost three thirty. Yeah. Oh yeah, so the games are on right meow. Um, anything else you wanted to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, no. Well, let me check the notes real quick. Uh, nah, man, I don't think I have anything. Unless you want to talk about uh the sunshine protection sunshine protection law. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, play us a little track to take us out of here or something, Let and uh, we will catch up with you guys what? next week. Yeah, man. Let's um, see. To close out of here, let's go with what have I been listening to recently, man? You know what? Let's play some local shit, I feel like. Yeah, yeah I'm let's in play with some that. local shit. Let's play a little bit of Courtney Bell or something. Promises, nightmares, and losing consciousness. Seen they wasn't real and cut ties with niggas who counterfeit. We just want to make it out this hill before we drown in this. Think we call life scared that we ain't going to mount the shit. Damn. We need a healing head to the ceiling. Don't know that feeling when your past lie, kill your spirit. We've been stuck on getting right before the streets kill us. Can't have my mama driving up to Jackson for no visits. So listen, we caught that vibe and we ran. Remember loading chops so cuz he hopping out many vans. We was lost back then. We couldn't account for our sins. So now we pray for forgiveness. I pray you hear us as men that never had no opportunity. They were screaming kill us all while we were speaking unity. Segregate apartheid, they talk what they gon' do to me. But I'm a child of y'all, so all them death threats ain't moving me. We steady screaming loose and easy. Shackles off our mental, we trapped in a